Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. In this podcast, we pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like Jesus. In his name, amen. Now snag some peppermint tea in your favorite mug and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. I'm Jace Langley. I'm Benjamin Olson. And we've got uh, first time listener, long time caller, Brenda Dayton. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Our very own children's director at River House. We're really honored that you spend some time with us today, Brenda. Thank you for being in our midst and just allowing us to get to know you and your ministry a little bit. Yeah, thank you mm -hmm. for having me here. I'm really excited. Uh, Brenda and I work in the same side of the office and <laughs> uh, there's three desks in between us, but we talk over them all the time, just about different uh, problems or thoughts that we have or all kinds of things. It's great. I love working mm -hmm. with Brenda. Mm -hmm. She's the best. <laughs> I can't believe you're here with us. This is so Thank fun. Thank you. Jace, your sense of humor keeps me going too. Helps me get a lot more work done. So. I'm so glad. I think you're one I of the only people that. that says it helps you get more work done. Definitely holds back my productivity, but it increases <laughs> my joy exponentially. So, mm -hmm. And if you're more joyful, you're probably more productive hey, outside of Amen. those unproductive times maybe. I think so that's how joy works. I have you to thank for <laughs> all of my productivity. Then. That's what I was going for. I wanted all the glory. Uh, that's good. I first want to say that the Daytons are just an incredible <laughs> gift to the church. Amen. Um, your husband, your girls are at church almost every week, um, serving, helping you uh, get ready for kids ministry. And I know as, as my role to have volunteers, I'm trying to, to, to relieve them of that duty. But I just want to say on the record that, that this family has laid down mm. so many uh, afternoons, Sundays to, to serve this body in a really beautiful way. Um, least of all, the fact that you work full time to serve this family and pastor these kids, um, is wonderful. So we're really excited to, to get to know you today. Oh, thank you. Um, what led you to River House? I feel like everyone has their own unique story of what brought us all here because it's such a new church. It's not like, you know, my favorite, my, I was born into this church or whatever. Yeah. It's like, we're only six years old. So, um, how'd you come to know River House? How'd you end up here? Yeah. Um, well, I would say that I grew up in the church. Um, my dad has been a pastor for a really long time and my husband also grew up in the church and, um, it was actually living in Ecuador as missionaries that led us to River House, which sounds really oh, funny. Wow. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in um, kind of a wow. different path than probably most people. But um, when our girls were in elementary school, we felt led um, to move to Ecuador as teachers. And so um, in about 2015, I would say, we moved to Quito to just start teaching there. Um, and then... Uh, that was kind of the stepping off point, which was pretty comfortable. We sold everything, which wasn't super comfortable, but it was what God. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's comfortable. <laughs> that sounds risky. Wow. That's so um, amazing. But we knew teaching. And so we were getting yeah. to teach English and stuff. But then God asked us to take one more step and help plant a church. And so, um, yeah, the church I grew up in, um, wasn't a spirit led church necessarily, or we believed in the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
it wasn't, I didn't see people getting healed or miracles happening all the time. And so it was interesting that we went to Ecuador and that's actually where we saw God um, healing people. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, I could share mm -hmm. a little bit of my yeah. encounter Please. with the Holy Spirit there. Cause that was probably really what led us to River Houses. Huh. Um, I had gone to like a pastor's conference there and um, it was just me, my husband and kids were back in the city that we were planting the church in and we did kind of a little activity where we were praying over somebody and so um, I was actually paired up with a pastor from Brazil and I was speaking in very broken Spanish at the time my Spanish was pretty bad and I was still learning I didn't even want to pray in Spanish um, and this pastor spoke Portuguese so we were both kind of speaking in our second language and this was something that I had never done like I prayed a lot and um, read the Bible and all those things, but the person said, I want you to listen to God to, to tell you something or give you a picture. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. I haven't really ever done that before. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of said, okay, God, this is a pastor. Like you need to give me something really good for him. <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah. um, so I prayed and I got a picture of, this pastor like holding a baby on, and bouncing a baby on his knee. And then the other picture that I got was of this pastor reading the Bible with a child. Mm. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. I just kind of, it was a pretty brief picture, but I was like, all right, God, thanks. I'm going to just tell him this and hopefully it's encouraging to him. And so I started sharing with him and, um, the pastor just started weeping, like weeping. And he's like, you're a prophet, you're a prophet. And I was like, I, I, wow. I'm like a mom. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just like wow. here hanging out. Whoa. Um, just kind of, you know, doing what God's called me to do being a servant, but I'm not a prophet. So I was a little bit taken aback. And, um, so I said, well, he must've been encouraged, you know? And so I just kind of uh, put my stuff away and headed in and he gets up in front and he's like, I have a testimony to share. And this is in front of like 50 like missionaries and pastors. Wow. And, and I was like, what is he going to say? Like, I have no idea what he's going to say. And so, um, he gets up and he just starts to share that his wife was pregnant at the time. And, um, he didn't know if their baby was going to be okay. Whoa. And so this was a picture for him, just telling him and his wife that their baby was actually going to be okay, that she was going to be born. Um, his wife was having some medical problems, and um, they just were very unsure. And then the other part was he said, you were speaking in very clear Portuguese when you were sharing what you saw. And wow. I was just like shocked. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, I didn't know in my mind I'd been speaking in very broken Spanish that nobody could understand or crazy take anything with them. <laughs> and so I just, I was, I didn't know what to do with it. I just didn't know what to do with it. Cause that had never happened to me before. I'd heard of other people maybe that had spoken in tongues or like, you know, but in our church, that wasn't something that anybody did. And so I went back home to where Craig was and I was like, so this is what happened. What do I do with this? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, wow. talk about something that like had that happen to me, I'd have no categories for how to unpack it. Yeah. Well, you didn't attempt to speak in Portuguese. You were trying to speak in Spanish and that wasn't even your language you were comfortable in. Yes. I had no, I had no grid for it. So. Wow. Yeah. That's for sure is some kind of an encounter or experience that would require a lot of unpacking. 
Yeah. Yeah, but the Lord is so good, though, because he sometimes will just meet us when we least expect it. And we don't always have to understand, I think, what's happening in the moment. Hmm. And then he gives us, like, the grace to to look into it or to talk to people about it and even share with people. So, yeah, so that's what I did. So I shared with my sister-in-law and she actually knew about River House and um, she had been to a couple conferences and different Mm -hmm. things. So she shared a conference that was going on um, with River House and it was uh, Dan Bohai and Rob McCorkle and um, they were Nazarene pastors. So I was yeah. like, well, we're planning a Nazarene church, so that's perfect. Mm-hmm. They kind of, you know, are the same as us. Absolutely. So Same camp. Yeah. So I decided to uh, listen to that, and God just started opening some things up for me, and I started listening to um, sermons yeah. from River House. And mm-hmm. I think d- deep down I knew that eventually when we came back from Ecuador that we would go to River House, mm-hmm. but it would be several more years before that mm-hmm. actually happened so so how long did you live in ecuador in total so we lived in ecuador for four years so Amazing. yeah wow, that's a long time <laughs> especially with two young girls they were in yeah. elementary school at the time yeah right? yeah so that's kind of where they grew up a lot of their shaping and developing was in ecuador and learn you know learning spanish and um just being able to connect with families. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's a very different culture, mm-hmm. very family oriented, which I loved that part of it where grandparents and parents all live together and big meals. Mm-hmm. You go and just sit for hours at the table and spend mm-hmm. time with people. I and love that. So that's those so beautiful. Yeah. Did you help out with like kids ministry before you went to Ecuador? Like at all, like, like, I don't know how, what kind of like led you? Cause now you're a children's pastor. So yeah. like, where, I guess you were a teacher too, but like, what did that look like ministry wise with like kids down there? Yeah. Yeah. So I helped in kids ministry all in growing up really. Mm-hmm. I was in church. Um, and then when we went to Ecuador, um, one of my roles was to start a children's program there. And so we had a camping tent that we would have the kids in and um, the women would actually make food and they would bring it on Sunday and sell it. And that was how we had money to buy the resources that we would use for the kids. And so we, um, a lot of the worship would be done like where the families were all together, which was really beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. but then we would do activities and stuff for the kids out on this. We had bought a property and it was just dirt. And then we had our tent and we would do activities with the kids and skits and all of the things so but it was really amazing because then god really raised up some leaders there that are still there that have kept the church going that have a love for kids oh also. that's so cool and, yeah you've been able to stay in touch a little bit with the people in ecuador oh yeah definitely oh good so wow. that's really cool what a blessing yeah. i'm curious how your experience doing ministry in ecuador has informed the way that you do ministry <laughs> in the united states because that sounds like such a different experience you know like um, th- like in our comfortable churches here in the United States, you know, we think about how, oh, this, this room could be a little bit larger <laughs> or like I need new expo markers. And for yes. all, I have so much in the summer we have AC and in the winter we have del- delightful heat and just all of our resources, our projectors are phenomenal. You're describing like a dirt field with a tent and the simplicity of ministry that you must learn there must, I I don't know, could you just speak to how that experience informed what you've done here? 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think it just makes it more about the people. So you are more focused on connecting with the people rather than all of the resources and the things. Mm. And so that's been really interesting even when you come into a church where you do have more resources. I don't feel like I always need that, or nor mm. do I want that to drive what we're doing. And so, yeah, I've definitely brought that back. I also taught kindergarten right when I moved back. Um, and that has actually informed how I do things too. Just like the way that you engage kids um, in things and moving from thing to thing and having them actually touch and be a part of it, experience what you're doing is so different, mm -hmm. you know, than just um, the typical way that I maybe even grew up learning the Bible or different things. Mm -hmm. So just experiencing God. That's what it felt like in Ecuador was we experienced God together mm. um, and just that the Holy Spirit moved through worship and um, just that community part where we would eat together. We would, you know, mm. meet in people's houses. And um, yeah, the kids are very similar to mm -hmm. the kids here, obviously. But yeah, kids are kids. Yeah, exactly. I, I've seen that like around <laughs> the world too. And one thing I feel like just from an outside observer uh, Brenda helped put on this kids kingdom <laughs> camp this summer, which felt like another world. Honestly, oh. it, it like, it was so wonderful and so not the norm for, I, I feel like a lot of American families. Um, even like I, we did do it with like another, like a Kenyan church. There, so there was like a diversity element yeah. to like what we're used to, but I feel like even the activities and it ends with like this, potluck that just felt like this big <laughs> meal where the food was multiplied and it, it was, was just multiplied. It was, I mean I don't know I just that was one of my highlights and mm -hmm. I was so thankful that that you brought that I hope that hope we get to do that again because it was so mm -hmm. special it was really cool yeah Jace was one of the leaders at it and it was so amazing he had all these little like five-year-olds following him around <laughs> we crushed it yeah. it wasn't a competition but the five-year-old boys did win <laughs> just kidding just yeah kidding. yeah well and that's something I think that also I brought back from Ecuador we did so many things like that where we would go into the parks and stuff and just like meet people and serve people and um, share who Jesus was with people. But it was also something we were living out. So we knew the people in the businesses. My husband, Craig, would like go to all the bread stores and like all the places. And so he would just meet people constantly. And so that. that's what I think it was with the camp. And what I am excited to see more of is just being in our community and um, going and playing sports with kids or, and that was what we did at the camp and bringing art into it and just loving and serving families in a different way outside of the church wow. um, even. And just, um, ah, so being very intentional in mm -hmm. what we're doing. So all the things we did at camp were very intentional. Yeah. Um, Joel Ryman was a big part of that. He's amazing and just has such mm -hmm. a heart for kids. Yeah. And so. Yeah, yeah watching the kids' ministry from a distance, because I don't have a child. Um, watching yet, it from a distance, anyway. not yet, <laughs> maybe sometime in the next 25 years, I'll have a kid. But um, <laughs> it's amazing to me to see that intentionality that you're talking about, mm. that you run the ministry with. And um, I think what amazes me so much is just how clearly anointed you are for the role. And it comes through in the way that you recognize there's no junior Holy Spirit 
but actually the kids have a very unique perspective to the Holy Spirit to bring to the table that everyone else in the church has a lot to learn from. Um, So it's not like, oh, these kids are, you know, they're just out of our way on Sundays so that we can pay more attention, like a glorified daycare. Mm. But like the intentionality with which you're ministering, um, actually cultivating disciples that worship authentically and that pray for each other and practice prayer and even moving in things like the prophetic. Um, I'm. It, it feels to me so kingdom of God mm. in a way that I've never seen a kid's ministry look. I'm curious, do you have inspiration behind this? Are you... Um, I I don't know. Do you read great books? Do you (laughs) converse with other wonderful children's ministers? Or is this kind of inspiration from the Holy Spirit, the way that you lead? Um, I would say probably yes to all of those things. I do read books. I am in the word. And like, that's a lot of what you see in the Bible is that things are done in community and it wasn't as separated, um, I think, or just like that certain people had a gifting And I think the amazing thing about kids is that as you grow older, you have, I went to church and I was affected by this, or this is how my parents did this. But when you're little, you're able to just see God do things and you don't question everything. Mm. And I think just as we get older, we start to like get pretty critical sometimes if something happens that we've never seen before, we don't have a grid for it. And so that's what I just love about kids is they just walk out in this faith that um, is shocking at times, but also so beautiful. And I mean, just to share a testimony, I had been really wrestling with something um, a couple, it was probably two months ago, um, just with healing and like how God heals and when he heals and all of those things. Yeah. And I had been praying for healing for a specific person and just like, God, talk to me. Like, I really need you to to talk to me about this. And it was so amazing. Um, One of the six-year-old girls, we were just doing a prayer time on Sunday. And um, I said, just put your hand on the person's shoulder and just pray over them, whatever you kind of hear God saying. And she came up to me and prayed like exactly the thing that I had been asking God about, that I would believe that he heals the eyes of the blind. And just, I mean, just so on. It was like questions that I had actually asked God that week. And then this sweet girl that I knew nothing about my, you know, wrestling with the Lord is praying this very specific prayer over me. And so, yeah, I just, I think we sometimes discount or think that we have to wait for kids to develop or even to be taught all of these things, which Mm -hmm. of course we're in the word and we're worshiping. But I just think God speaks to the kids the same way that he speaks to us as adults. And so... Mm Just really seeing that and honoring that in kids. Um, That's amazing. So I didn't know I could listen to the Holy Spirit until I was in college. Like, yeah. Like, like so it just blows my mind to think of a six-year-old experiencing that and, like, how that's going to shape yeah. her life going yeah. forward. That's, like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to stay on this a little bit, like, what – I mean, you could – I don't know how to ask this, but like, what have you learned from, what have you learned about the Holy Spirit from (laughs) the children? (laughs) Oh man, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, I think the Holy Spirit is so full of joy 
And that's one thing that I see really coming out of children is just this joy that can't be contained. Um, I think sometimes we try to control what the Holy Spirit's doing and he just can't be controlled. And when you let kids really like walk into that and even just sit with the Lord or like we've had times where we'll turn music on, we're laying on these little rugs in there and we're just listening they're so like quick to listen. You know what I mean? And like sometimes we have so many things going on in our minds or we don't slow down enough to actually stop and listen Mm -hmm. to what God's saying. And they're so good at it. And then they'll draw a picture of what they saw or, Uh or they, they're able to like share about it. And so I think for me, it's been like watching kids listen and really hear from the Lord, um, the joy that they, they carry, um, and just the faith, honestly, that they believe that God is going to show up and he's going to do something and that he's good. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, um, yeah, so those are probably some of the things that I've learned, like wow. a couple of the things I've learned that's from so being with good. the kids. So that's a that's powerful. Yeah, like yeah. messages that we all need to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about how maybe it's cliche anytime a conversation about children comes up we talk about jesus's words that the kingdom of heaven is for such as these mm-hmm. it's so true i think those words should continually wash over us mm-hmm. our whole adult lives you know because i think it's really easy for us as adults for me i know as an individual i can speak for myself to fall into habits to become jaded by disappointment over yeah. time to think, oh, my, maybe my insecurities kind of weasel their way into my relationship with God or, you know, they'll hold me back from sharing something with a person because I've been disappointed. I've been hurt. I've mm-hmm. seen challenging things happen. I don't know. Maybe the kids still have, but they, they just have this young, youthful energy that it feels like they have none of those inhibitions. And mm-hmm. What a gift. Like, I don't want anything to hold me back from the will of the Father. And I hope that I look more like a child all the time. Yeah. Me too. That's (laughs) beautiful. Yeah, I feel like I've, I don't know, I've always had that concept in my mind of like, be childlike, which just feels like, you know, don't care, be like, kind of like have the simple faith or whatever. But hearing you talk about their ability to just immediately listen and to be able to not have a clouded mind and all I'm like oh Mm. that like really broadens this whole conversation is like wow that really paints a more complete picture of what Christ was meaning there and not just that it's like be simple and don't take yourself too seriously you know like that's kind of feel like how I thought of it for a long time um I really like that I really Mm. really like that I'm curious Brenda are there things that like the river house population the adult population um it would do well to be made aware of about what's happening in children's ministry. I think a lot of this is already really exciting, but for someone like me, like a 28 year old that doesn't have kids (laughs) in the ministry, I can be a little bit removed. Um, Like, do you have anything else that you want to share to a podcast listener that is unaware of what's happening in that space? Yeah. um, I think it really comes back to just honor like really honoring the kids Mm -hmm. and what they carry and even taking time to like engage with some of the families at church Mm -hmm. and like get to know them and see, um, 
just who they are and honoring the parents for the job that they have. I mean, raising up these kids that have crazy destinies. Like God has called each of these kids for something. And um, just that you're honoring that and seeing that in them, um, Mm -hmm. I think is really good. Even coming back and like worshiping with us sometime or, you know, just meeting meeting some of the volunteers and stuff like that, just come back in the kids area Mm -hmm. and just see what God's doing. But then also um, engaging with them when we're in the sanctuary, because that's one of the things that we've just really been praying about is like, how do we worship together as a big river house family? But then um, also just the kids within their families in the sanctuary, like what does that look like? Mm Because it's so important to like be the body of Christ and like see each person operating in that and, I don't know. I, I saw that this last Sunday. Um, it was just so fun. It was our Christmas yes. Sunday, but, um, just like having some of the kids, um, expressing through prophetic art. Um, yeah. and then we had kids that were singing with the worship team with Benji up there and just <laughs> like, um, using their gifts and that. And then, um, kids washing people's feet at the end of the service just like really got me a three-year-old that was with her mom who was praying over someone and she was washing um, this person's feet and so just like um, Mm -hmm. being aware I think and honoring and just um, being so thankful for what God's doing and how he's using these kids to minister to people and um, yeah that's a perfect answer. And I'm glad that you brought in this past Christmas service. Uh, it was just last Sunday. We'll release this podcast on Friday. So yeah. what was that? December, was December 18th? 18th. Yeah. Yeah. So if you weren't there in person, you should watch the live stream back. <laughs> but it was such a joy. There's something about having the kids in our midst and not just in our midst, but up in front mm. for all of the adult eyes to see that helped me remember like what the body of Christ, what the family of God looks like in its most beautiful diversity. Um, And it just feels so, you're right, joyful. You talked about joy earlier. Like I couldn't help but smile when I see (laughs) the different kids like aimlessly wandering around (laughs) the stage or twirling their (laughs) ribbons ribbons. or or just singing. And it doesn't matter what key they're in. It doesn't, nobody... In yes. their mind, nobody cares whether they sound good. You mm-hmm. know, they don't have those insecurities. They're just praising yes. and having fun. Like, oh my goodness. Like if, if we all sang with that, <laughs> much abandoned, you know, it'd be incredible. Oh yeah. I'm sure just all of the heavenly hosts would be singing along <laughs> with us. That's so fun. I love that. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I really like, you know, pulling on people's stories and testimonies and I would love to hear a little bit of your process post um, Ecuador yeah. of like what it looked like to come back from this crazy experience, this different world um, and all of these new experiences with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, what has furthered your discipleship in that, your growth with the Holy Spirit? Um, yeah. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was honestly pretty hard to come back. Um, I had seen God move in so many ways, um, in my own life and in people's lives. And then we came back and we're like, now what, you know what I mean? Like, what does this look like in Idaho where I grew up? Um, cause it feels easy sometimes to, to be in another country or think like, 
oh yeah, God moves somewhere else, but then what does that look like where I live? How can I be on mission in my mm. normal job? Yeah. Um, and just kind of, what does that look like? And so that's, I think, the thing that our small, like my family of four kind of wrestled with was, what does this look like day to day? And um, so I taught kindergarten. My husband's also a teacher. And so we just prayed constantly for how we can minister and love the people in our classes and the parents and stuff like that. Um, but then ultimately I knew that like God was calling me into the church. Mm. Um, I had actually a pretty crazy way of even coming on staff. Yeah. No, um, please, please share <laughs> that too. Story, yeah. yeah. Um, we were doing catechumenate at the time, which is, was amazing for us and just challenging and like really grew us a lot just as a couple and just in who we were in Christ and just, yeah, our personal time with him. And so my husband and I went on a little prayer retreat, um, probably Memorial weekend. And, um, so I'm listening to AJ, pastor AJ's sermon, and he's talking about like, some of us are called into the church and to be in the church. And I just really felt the Lord was saying that to me. And I turned to my husband and I'm like, the only thing that I would want to do if I was, you know, going to be on staff was to be the children's director at River House. It wasn't like anywhere else. It was just <laughs> wow. at River House. And mm-hmm. so, um, but I was like, but that's not even possible. So I just kind of gave it to the Lord and I was like, Lord, if you want it to happen, you'll make it happen. And so about a week later, our children's director like announced that she was becoming a missionary. And Jen is so wow. amazing. Jen Schwartz, she's mm-hmm. a missionary and just like, so on fire for Jesus. And so one week later, I'm like, what in the world? How is this even possible? (laughs) Like I made this statement, like almost joking with the Lord, you know, like what, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can do this then. (laughs) And so I applied and, um, I was teaching at the time and I had to like, let my job know, like if I was coming back. So time goes on, no interview, no interview yet. It's the middle of the summer. And my boss is like, all right, so what are you doing? And I said, I really feel like this is where God's taking me. I really believe this is what he has for me, but I still haven't had an interview. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) And you had, you had applied for river house. I had applied for river house, but it was summer and it was 4th of July Mm -hmm. and all the things, you know, like (laughs) people are traveling and doing different things. And so, um, so yeah, so I told my principal, I said, I'm going to go for this. And she's like, so you want me to post your job? And I'm like, post my job. And, um, (laughs) which means without an interview, like you quit your job. I quit quit. my job without an interview. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like filled within three days. Like my job was already filled and I still hadn't had the interview. So, but I just had this like (laughs) knowing and this sense of peace. Like I felt like the Lord had given me kind of assurance throughout Not that anyone had even said anything to me, but just this like peace and this faith that he was taking me on a journey and he'd been preparing me for probably years at that point, but just Mm. for what he was calling me into. And it's not the job that he was calling me into. It was like what he had for me just as far as getting to know the Holy Spirit and then what he had for our family specifically and um, just the ways he wanted to challenge and grow us. (laughs) So... Yeah, so that's kind of... There's a piece that passes understanding, you know? (laughs) 
Amen. <laughs> that's incredible. So did you end up getting the job? I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a surprise to you, but I did end up getting the job. Wow. Yes. So how much later? How long did you have to sit in that tension um, of not being employed? Um, it was two months. Wow. If not more, actually. So almost three months. And then they interviewed and... Yeah. And eventually you shared that story with the interviewers at River House. I, yeah, I did tell him. He said, do you need to tell your job? I was like, I actually already told my job, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which I was incredible. so nervous to say that. But Then pressure's on. Maybe. Oh, well, yeah, because then wow. you're actually saying I'm doing this. I'm stepping out right. in faith. And what incredible faith that mm -hmm. is. Like, I feel like that's something that I could for sure learn from like, to quit your job and wait for two months because you believe that this <laughs> this whisper of a dream that the Lord had spoken to you yeah. was actually real and it was really for you. I uh, mean, in this day and age, that's so scary. So scary. And like, yeah, to know, like, yeah, I even thinking now, like having, you know, a wife and a family and a house and all these things, it's like just to wait on the Lord mm -hmm. for two months with no mm -hmm. guarantee is like <laughs> incredible. I mean, you had a guarantee and I you did. believed. And like, we mm -hmm. talk a lot about like, faith being spelled R-I-S-K. Right. And that's just such an incredible incarnate example of that. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. a growing time for me and just like really trusting God. I think that's what mm -hmm. it was. Because a lot of people would say that it's crazy to move to another country and like sell all of your stuff and with your family with little kids. But I actually felt like that was more of a risk to do that than it was even to move to Ecuador. Wow. So, cause it was just me actually relying on him and trusting that he had something good and better than I could imagine. Really. I just love being at river house oh, so much. God. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how to tie this in, but I just feel like the Lord is even telling me right now that you are an example of the, um, the beatitude where Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Mm. Like you have humbly sown into his kingdom and um, invested your whole life, sold your things to go to Ecuador or, uh, you know, with reckless abandon, just quit your job because you believed in hope and faith that what the Lord said was for you. Uh, and that's you inheriting his promises <laughs> and like, yeah, what an example you are to all of us, Brenda. So thank you for sharing your story. It's really powerful. Can I ask another question? Yeah. I'm wondering what challenges you face in children's ministry <laughs> that might be helpful for us as a church to be aware of. Yeah, totally. Um, I think just like wanting to love the family so well and just like meet their needs has been in my mind a challenge. Mm. But as I've started to walk through that this last year of just my first year of being at River House as the children's director, um, I had gotten a picture really um, of me being like a shepherdess and I was leading these sheep, you know, like the kids of River House and just like walking with them and um, doing just the different things with them. And I was like, but God, like, how do I do this? What do I, you know, what's my next step? What do I do? And when I looked up in this picture, I could see Jesus, the shepherd was walking in front of me. So it was me actually following him. And then the kids were walking behind me. And that was huge because I tend to be a person that likes to have things organized and I like to, um, I don't know, plan ahead and have 
specific things and um the holy spirit's pretty wild (laughs) (laughs) and he likes to do things sometimes and so um yeah i just feel like god's been just so good at kind of telling me like just rest in me follow me and i'm gonna put the people give you the people that you need Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna um just kind of go before you so that's another thing obviously in children's ministry like we need other people like I can't right be with every child um, on Sunday and just people that have a heart for like families um, investing in the kids and in the parents I think is huge and just want to build relationships um, with the mm. families and that again see the value and just want to honor the kids is really huge so yeah so those I would say are some of the things and challenges um I think one of the biggest challenges was when you know other people in children's ministry Mm -hmm. um, and you look at what, you know, people are doing, there's a thought of like, we need to do it like they're doing it. Mm, Sure. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that God's really been saying, like, I actually have something different that I want to do. And, um, and so I don't know if it helped that we lived in Ecuador and everything was totally different. But um, it's been this like journey of trust of like, like I was talking even just with following the shepherd of like, okay, so it's going to look different. What does that mean? You know what I mean? And, and so he, he's been giving me kind of step by step of what that looks like. And so I don't know, just that, that faith and trust continuing, not just for, to get the job at Mm -hmm. River House as the director. So I get to be with families, but like then to continue on that journey of trust. Yeah, your your trust in the Lord is so strong that you might not even say super abruptly that it is a plug that you could use <laughs> volunteers. Um, and it's fun because you just trust that the Lord will provide the harvesters when the harvest is plentiful, and it is. Yeah. And workers are few. And so anyway, I'll say it, that if people are listening to this podcast and find their hearts burning, if the Holy Spirit is moving on you in this Mm -hmm. conversation and you think, wow, that that ministry actually sounds like something that might be on my life. um, I just encourage you to reach out to Brenda or to Jace or to to figure out how you can start that conversation if you would want to serve in the kids' ministry. Because in a way, it's a sacrifice to not be in the Sunday service with the adults, but it's a trade-off because what you gain, mm-hmm. um, as I understand, is just immeasurably beautiful. Another question, if I can. I'm thinking about how A theme throughout the Bible is that every generation should walk in faithfulness to the Lord and raise up the new Mm. generation to do the same. And sometimes generations do a great job walking faithfully, but fail to raise up the next generation. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's definitely woven throughout scripture, just the importance of that. And uh, you're doing that with our kids regularly Mm. and faithfully. And um, you're doing that as a mother yourself who has been raising two phenomenal young women Riley and Ella who I know because they're both in our youth group (laughs) and they truly are like cornerstones to the culture of the youth group that we have built that the Holy Spirit has built Um, they're just 
steady, just like they show up every Sunday to serve. Jace was saying they show up every Tuesday to serve in just the way that they are. Um, kind, respectful, gentle, Christ-like. Uh, as a mother, um, what do you focus on when it comes to raising up a child in the faith? Yeah. Um, I think the way that we started raising our girls um, was in the church and they were in Sunday school and we were reading the Bible at home and all of those things. But I think probably the thing that we've just grown in or learned as parents is like, how do they actually encounter the, the Holy Spirit? Or how do they encounter God? Um, because I think those moments when you personally encounter God change everything. Um, and it makes the word come alive and it helps connect you as a family. And so that's been mm -hmm. one of the things that's been huge is seeing each of our girls um, as who they individually are how they were created in the image of God and like seeing their strengths and like what they love and all of those things and not just focusing on, well, they need to work on this and they need to improve on this. And, um, so just loving mm. them for who they are and really making the connection, the important thing, um, not like fighting for connection is what I would say, um, oh, with beautiful. them. And, um, instead of looking at just behaviors, cause I think uh, having teenagers, <laughs> Yeah. sometimes behaviors come out and you tend to want to focus on that. And, um, I don't know, the Lord's been so good because he wants a connection with me and he has mm. so much, um, he loves me unconditionally and he, he wants to, um, show me all the things that he loves about me and he just delights in me. And so I want to also do that with my kids. Like I want to like see all the things that God has given them their strengths and everything, but just like the way that the father loves them. Mm. And so do they feel that for me? Like I ask them for forgiveness a lot. That's been a big thing wow. that like honestly changes everything. Cause they're not assuming that I'm perfect or, um, well, they know that I'm not perfect, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then what we've encouraged them to do is then to ask each other for forgiveness for things. And just like, um, realizing that we're in process and that God is like wanting to kind of scrape off or shave off some of the things that to make us look like him. And so, um, just having a lot of grace, I think for, um, just growth, seeing, seeing, um, growth as a process and as a, um, not an end, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but just, uh, having grace for them to be who they are um, and to, um, I don't know, we've been so thankful for River House, mm -hmm. just the way that they, the youth group has come alongside Benji and Kenny have just really come alongside our girls and um, taught them how to be in the word and some of those things. But then also like as a mom, I have to be doing that in my own home with them. Wow. And yeah. so that's been another huge thing. Um, I would say in August... <laughs> the Lord started talking to me about having um, just these early morning times with our girls and it's 15 minutes and I fought with him because he's like in the morning. I'm like, that means 630 because like our family leaves to go to work or to school. I was like 630, like they're 14 and 17, like what 14 and 17 <laughs> yeah. year old want to be up, you know, yeah. doing those things. And so, and it's been so amazing, like such a process of learning, you know, like 
So we just will turn on worship music or we'll um, just be reading in the word and then we'll kind of share within the family. It looks different every morning, but like sometimes we'll all come down so tired and we just all are just like listening (laughs) and laying there just like in the presence of God. But what it's done is it's um, allowed us to kind of see different ways that we worship God too, Mm because each member of our family doesn't connect with God in the same way. So I would say I am a little bit more extroverted and one of my girls is too. And then my husband and my other daughter are more introverted. And so Mm -hmm. they're going to like maybe want to read the word quietly or like I want to like read it out loud and talk about it and all those things. So so it's been fun to even see like how we relate to God differently and then Mm -hmm. letting people kind of do that in whatever way um, they kind of grow. And so it's just this short little time, but it's been really beautiful and fruitful. So... That's just beautiful. with connection too within our family. So, and I'm sure, especially I, I know this because we've had conversations about it before. But um, with teenagers, there are times where you will not understand what in the world is going on with yes. them and their behavior. <laughs> and uh, and I've heard you talk about how you have to just trust the Lord mm. with their process too. That's your words. There have really blessed me. Not not because I'm a parent again, I I don't have kids someday. Hopefully I will. But, um, just because I am in ministry and am mentoring and sometimes think I overassume my responsibility in someone else's life, not even as a parent, I can't imagine how much more that might be a temptation as a parent, but I think you walk an incredible, um, incredible walk of faith in demonstrating what it looks like to truly trust the Lord, not only with your own life, but with the life of your kids. Thank you. I, it wasn't always that way, yeah. honestly. Um, I think sometimes as parents, we can be fearful for our kids or not know um, how to really walk them into their destiny. And so that's been a process even over, I would even say over the last year, where the Lord has been asking me to just come to him with everything that I'm fearful of for my children. And then he's been giving me um, scripture to like declare over them or sometimes I do it out loud but a lot of times it's just like when they're not there and I'm just praying specific things over them with Mm. things they're struggling with or whatever but just believing for them and believing that he loves them more than I do Mm. and that he like gave (laughs) us these specific kids in our family like because they they bring something to our family that our family needs wow so yeah it's been a growth process for me that's beautiful I love I love all of that. And it's such a good reminder as a parent that like, you know, it is through example Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. that I can point my child to Christ, you know, and like, that's where the authentic, like they're going to see the authenticity and I can't do, I can't do anything to help them love God more, you know, and God, I can't do anything to make God love them more either you know it's (laughs) like it's like god loves them so much and like has such incredible things for them i think that's just so beautiful on that topic of of pastoring too we've been in a season where services have gone longer and (laughs) people are trying to decide whether to bring their kids back into the service take them home all that kind of stuff and i just wondered if you had things to say to people that have those questions like i'm not sure what to do or when to kind of stay longer. Is it okay that my kid makes noise? You know, like it's, it's a, it's been a hard, 
thing to navigate and i'd love to hear you as as a dad who yeah. has a son that makes noise <laughs> at the end of service like what do you say to people that are like i'm just trying to figure out how to be priest of my family yeah yeah i love that because that's kind of what we've been talking about is being priests and coming before the lord and just worshiping him and we have such an opportunity to show our kids what that looks like and so one of the things we've changed or has been different is inviting the families to bring their kids back into the service. And that is not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's hard for some people to even think about that because it might feel a little bit stressful or different than what they're used to. And already the service has maybe got, been going for two hours, you know, and kids are hungry and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's just something so valuable about kids being in that, like worship space where they're seeing their own parents being ministered to or ministering to other people. Um, and then just seeing the different like fivefold giftings operating in that corporate space, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, they have giftings, but they don't, it hasn't always been like brought out yet. And it's starting to be brought out in the back with the kids but they just need to see people operating in that too and what that looks like and then be able to jump in and be a part of it. So that's kind of been the heart behind it. Um, as a parent, (laughs) you have the like actual struggle of what does this look like Mm -hmm. and how does this work? And so I guess my encouragement is, um, prepare your kids ahead of time now i know for like babies and stuff yeah. like to say okay we're gonna come back into worship they i know we're in a it. little different season <laughs> yeah. than someone with like a, a like a preschooler but that's okay yeah. like yeah. yeah i think there's more for preschool and up you know this yeah. good this but is good still, advice yeah there's still i don't know there are some little kids that bless people or get blessed so i mean um, zakai's smile is is yes. a blessing i melt yes. every time i see zakai <laughs> it's true same <laughs> Anyway, you were saying, um, yeah, prepare so your kid. Preparing your kids, like on the way to church, kind of talking through like, so guys, we're going to go back and you're going to do your worship with the other kids and you're going to do your stations or you're going to be in your classroom. But then we're so excited for you guys to come in and join us for some of the worship time so you can see what God's doing in our big Riverhouse family, like with all of the people. And so just being able to talk through and invite them into that um, being prepared, like bringing some snacks for them or like even paper or markers for them so that as they're listening or hearing, they could be drawing or even like Play-Doh or, you know, little yeah. things that they can, that are tangible that they can use yeah. to just kind of be engaged somehow. So, and don't be afraid to have your kids in there making noise. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is the family of God. It's not just where one person's getting ministered to and then the rest are kind of, I don't know. We want everybody right. to be able to be mm-hmm. a part of that. Um, I was so blessed two weeks ago when Julian Adams came and visited and um, Jordan was standing up on stage, Pastor Jordan holding Naomi, you know what I mean? And he was like talking and just like that. That's what it feels like to me is that the kids are part of what God's doing and it's not going to hinder anything. The Holy spirit is going to move. If a couple kids are jogging around or if they're (laughs) sitting and you know what I mean? The Holy spirit's going to move. Yeah. Totally. He gets excited about that. Yeah. There's something that I feel like I've, I've had this thought that we might scare away the Holy spirit. (laughs) Like if a kid makes too much noise, which I'm like that, where does that come from? That's like only like our cultural, like fear of man or whatever. So I know the Holy spirit's bigger than that. 
and it's been really cool to see this season it's been amazing touched on Julian Adams and I'm really excited for this next year like are there things that you're hoping for of 2023 I don't know if you're a new new year's resolutions kind of person (laughs) but like and we don't have to go into that but like but like even just for the for the ministry where you see the ministry going that kind of thing do you you want to touch on that yeah definitely um I just have been so excited to see what God's already starting to do within the families. And I feel like there's going to be a lot in that um, area of like um, discipling the families um, at church and then at home. Um, The other thing that Julian touched on, he actually gave me a prophetic word um, when he visited over the children. And it was so interesting because he was talking about a prophetic mantle and he referenced um, a revival that happened in France and it was kids that were prophesying. And the coolest part was he was talking about kids prophesying in other languages. And just for me, like having my experience with the Holy Spirit in Ecuador and like I thought I was speaking in Spanish and then he was hearing it in Portuguese was just like, so unbelievable to me that like okay god you're gonna even bring this around you know what i mean um yeah and so he just talked about an educational um wineskin and a couple other things and in the prophetic word but for me what i'm really believing for is just um honor for the kids that kids are going to start stepping out in the giftings that they have without fear And that we're going to see people getting healed from joy, the joy of the kids, Mm. the faith that they carry, Mm. um, just some of these things um, that kids are going to be able to pray over um, people and just minister to them. Um, But yeah, I just, there's something on families that I'm really believing for and seeing what God wants to do. So the discipleship of families, I think is going to be big for 2023. So good. I'm glad you drew our attention there because I was thinking earlier in the conversation that one of your superpowers is not just ministering to the kids, but ministering to the entire family unit. Mm. Like you put on all of these phenomenal events where the whole family can come and have a potluck and the kids can play with their art supplies and the parents Mm. can get to know each other. And maybe that's kind of like what it's like in Ecuador more that these families are connecting and there's a larger community and that is an investment in the village that will be raising all of these children, I yes. feel like, you know? And <clears throat> um, forgive me if this sounds uh, cynical or critical of other churches. My experience in a church that I used to be a part of sometimes felt like the parents would bring their youth. I've been involved in youth ministry a super long time. Yeah. Sometimes they would bring their youth and it sort of felt like, the parent doesn't have much buy-in into this whole Christian thing. Like they don't read the Bible. They don't talk to their kids about it. It's the youth pastor's job to disciple their kid. Yeah. Um, so just kind of like you drop your kid off at school and then it's the teacher's job to teach him math. The parent doesn't have to worry about that. It's like hands off. Um, 
I love that your ministry is so intentionally breaking that apart as much as possible and instead trying to figure out how to bring the families into the ministry and then equip the families to bring the ministry back to their homes Yes, because it's children that are raised in homes focused on Jesus that are, are raised in some of the most robust discipleship. Yeah. Well, and what that actually does too is when you take it from church to your home, then you're able to go out in your community because a lot of these kids are in Mm -hmm. school and then they're carrying the kingdom with them and then they're touching their teacher and the kids in their class. But it has to be happening in the home too. It's such a big piece of it. You church is two hours long on a Sunday and we have prayer and stuff like that. But most of the time our kids are in our home. And so if they're only seeing it one day a week, you know, does that, is Jesus our most important thing? Like, is he the thing that we are chasing after Mm -hmm. and that, you know, shifts and directs every part of our life? And so, I don't know, I just have such a heart for like families as a team of what God wants to do because he's all about family. Mm -hmm. Like when you (laughs) read the Bible, like why are there all the genealogies and stuff like that? You know, like the part that everyone wants to skip because they can't read the names of the people. But <laughs> but it's like That's such right. an important part of like this this family aspect of things are being passed down from generation to generation. And so how do we do that in our family? Like how do I teach my kids that then they teach their kids that, you know, wow. it's not just about me or it's not just about my kids. So, um, I don't know. It's amazing. We have amazing families at Riverhouse. I just have to say that, (laughs) that are very intentional and just want to worship and want to be the priest of their household. Like Mm -hmm. you were talking about earlier. It's like, how do we steward that well and lead our families in worship and just laying down our lives for Jesus? So praise God. Yeah. Wow. It feels like a great bow. We could wrap it up with right there. (laughs) (laughs) How in everything we do, can we lay our lives down for Jesus? holistically yeah yeah if it's only two hours a week it might not be the most important thing in your life right that that hit hard that's like when jesus calls the fishermen disciples they set down their nets and mm-hmm. left their life behind and i'm picturing you selling everything and moving <laughs> to ecuador and then when you came back to the valley quitting your job and and then waiting because you knew that the lord was bringing you here and in everything you seem to be doing, you're leading the next generation in similar acts of faithfulness and mm. discipleship. So thank you for stewarding that yeah. ministry so well. I can't think of a more critical job when it comes to church ministry than mm-hmm. setting healthy foundations of discipleship for these kids. So thank you. It's such yeah. an honor, mm-hmm. honestly. So Praise God. Praise God. So good. Wow. Well, thank you, Brenda, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been such a joy. I knew it would be. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way it yeah, wasn't going had, to be. Yeah, I had complete <laughs> expectation that it would be. So yeah. oh, it's thank you for sharing all that you did and opening up about your story and your journey here. And I'm just thankful that God led you here. Amen. I'm so thankful, too. Riverhouse has just changed my family. I know we have grown so much closer to the Lord and just seen the Holy Spirit work and just the relationships that we've built here. So thank you for letting me be here. Yeah. Wow. And thank you, listener, for joining us, for taking the time to, um, yeah, dive into this conversation. We pray that it was edifying for you and 
uh, we're going to continue to have conversations, getting to know other wonderful people and have these important conversations to figure out how we can look like Jesus. Um, yeah, but in the meantime, have a blessed rest of your week. Um, and we'll see you hopefully on Sundays at 4 p.m. at the Vineyard Boise. If you're listening to this before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, don't forget that isn't church canceled that Sunday. Church is canceled <laughs> Christmas Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we'll so. have a Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. tomorrow if you're listening to this on Friday. Yep. On Saturday, that was a really confusing way to say that. On the twenty fourth <laughs> at seven thirty p.m. <laughs> That's right. We'll just go with that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but Lord bless you and keep you. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning into these conversations. We just um, we have them because we want to look more like Jesus, and we know that that's done in community through conversation when we wrestle with important truths. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed, and we'll see you soon next time. Love you guys.